0: Hey sis, welcome to She Is Purpose, the podcast with me, Bali Matole. She Is Purpose is a community of women on a journey to discovering and discerning their God-given purpose and identity. Here we biblically equip, empower and encourage the modern day Esthers of this generation who were brought to their specific positions for such a time as this. Please join us in becoming part of the Purpose family by subscribing to the blog at sheispurpose.com and by following us on our various social media platforms. We love hearing from you. Now let's get into this week's episode and learn, grow and become together. I love stories in the Bible about women. It always reminds me that Women aren't small, without use, and as disposable as society has painted them to be. If God, creator of heaven and earth, king of kings, has use for me and my fellow sisters, then there's use for us. And there is nothing anyone can do to change that. I am useful to God. I matter to God. So I matter. Period. And that's why I want us to look at this woman in the Bible and this moment from the book of Esther that i found always gets a bad rep. And we're looking at a woman whose name is Queen Vashti. And we know her as the woman who was discarded by the king for disobedience. But I want us to explore what if there's more to her story than the narrative we focused on and perpetuated. There's always been this her versus Esther competition. Esther, the one who was favoured by the king and changed history. Vashti, the rebellious one who lost her position as a result of rebellion. Dare I say, both these women were game changers and history makers in their own rights. That there's no need for us to pin them and their stories against each other. Let's actually get into the details. We're in Esther 1. And we're going to read the whole thing just to get context, to get a clearer picture of what really went down. Esther 1, verse 1. Now, just a disclaimer. Um, the names are a little bit... Yeah. So excuse me if my pronunciation is a little bit off. But here we go. We're in the NLT version. And it says, It was in the days of Ahasuerus, or Xerxes, who reigned from India to Ethiopia, over 127 provinces, in those days when King... I'm going to cover Xerxes, okay? Um, it was in those days when King Xerxes sat on his royal throne, which was at the Citadel in Susa, the capital of the Persian Empire. In the third year of his reign, he held a banquet for all his officials and his attendants. The army officers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the officials of the provinces were there in his presence. And he displayed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his great majesty for many days, a hundred and eighty days in all. When these days were completed, the king held a banquet for all the people who were present at the Citadel in Susa, the capital, from the greatest in importance to the least, a seven-day feast in the courtyard of the garden of the king's palace. There were curtains of fine white and violet linen fastened with cords of fine purple linen to silver rings and marble columns, the couches of gold and silver rested on a mosaic floor of porphyry marble, mother of pearl and precious colored stones. Drinks were served in various kinds of golden goblets and the royal wine was plentiful in accordance with the generosity of the king. The drinking was carried on, sorry, the drinking was carried on in accordance with the law. No one was compelled to drink for the king had directed each official of his household to comply with each guest's wishes. Queen Vashti also held a separate banquet for the women in the palace of King Xerxes. Verse 10. This is where the drama begins. On the seventh day, when the king's heart was joyful with wine and high spirits, he commanded Mahuman, Bistar, Harbona, Bicta, Abakta, Zithar and Karkis, the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Xerxes to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown to display her beauty before the people and the officials, for she was lovely to see. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, which was delivered to her by the eunuchs. So the king became extremely angry and burned with rage. Then the king spoke to the wise men who understood the times, asking for the advice, for it was the custom of the king to speak before all those who were familiar with the law and legal matters, and who were close to him as advisers: Koshina, Setha, Admata, Tarshish, Meres, Marcina, and Mamukhan, the seven officials of Persia and Media, who had access to the king and were ranked highest in the kingdom, he said, According to the law, what is to be done with the queen, queen Vashti, because she did not obey the command of king Xerxes, which was conveyed by the eunuchs? And Mamukan answered in the presence of the king and the officials, Vashti the queen has not only wronged the king, but also all the officials, royal representatives, and all the peoples who are in all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all women, causing them to look on their husbands with contempt, disrespect, since they will say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she did not come. This very day, the ladies of Persia and Media, who have heard of the queen's refusal, will speak in the same way to all the king's officials, and there will be plenty of contempt and anger. If it pleases the king, let a royal command be issued by him, and let it be written in the laws of the Persians and Medes, so that it cannot be repelled or modified, that Vashti is no longer to come before King Xerxes, and let the king give her royal position to another who is better and more worthy than she." So when the king's great decree is proclaimed throughout his extensive kingdom, all women will give honor to their husbands, from the great to the insignificant. The statement, advice, pleased the king and the officials, and the king did what Mamucan proposed. So he sent letters to all the royal provinces, to each province in its own script, and to each people in their own language, saying that every man should be the master and rule in his own home and that he should speak in the household in the language of his own people. In verse 9, we see Vashti playing her role, hosting the women. How does she go from this to being rebellious and dethroned? She was in position, doing her part, fulfilling her duties, hosting alongside her husband her husband was hosting the men she was hosting the women she was doing what she was supposed to be doing modeling for her husband's guests naked which is what theologians say was the reason behind her refusal Um, they say that she was commanded by the king when he was merry as a result of wine essentially intoxicated He commanded that she comes to show off her beauty wearing nothing but her crown, and she refused. This very man, who was her husband, who had the responsibility of covering her nakedness, wanted to expose that nakedness, and then had a problem when she refused. Anyway, modeling for her husband's guests naked was not part of her job description. But the one thing that wasn't part of her purpose or role is a thing that got her kicked out. How? Why? Have you ever felt like, I shouldn't be getting into trouble for this. I shouldn't be getting rejected for this. I'm in alignment. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why am I being punished for refusing to overextend myself beyond my scope of duty or even beyond what I can handle right now? Why am I the bad person for saying, I can't help you with that right now, or I don't have the money for that right now, it's not within my budget for the month, or I have a lot on my plate at the moment, so I can't take that on. Why? In verse 11 and 12 is where we see the beginning of the trouble unfolding. Let's go back and read it again. It says To bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown, to display her beauty before the people and the officials, for she was lovely to see. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, which was delivered to her by the eunuchs, so the king became extremely angry and burned with rage. Here we see Queen Vashti setting a boundary by saying no. And the person who benefited the most from her endless yeses and the absence of no's doesn't take this very well. In fact, we could say he throws his toys out his cot and essentially abuses his power because he didn't get his way. And this is the scripture that's always highlighted with the message or undertone that You don't listen or submit, there will be consequences because rebellious women like Vashti lose their crowns because they don't deserve them. I want to tell you, remind you, encourage you today that boundaries are not rebellion. Boundaries are not rebellion. And that to people who benefited from your absence of boundaries, you will always be deserving of rejection for putting them in place. And that is okay. You have to be okay with that because you can't keep relationships at the cost of you. No relationship other than your relationship with God is worth that price. I hate this notion that Christians, or at least the good Christians, don't have boundaries or shouldn't have boundaries and need to say yes to and be okay with everything. Receiving Jesus and belonging to him isn't cause for abuse and being taken advantage of. My thing is, what would make a wife suddenly refuse her husband's request without reason? Surely she wasn't crazy. She had to have had a reason. But no one wanted to know or bothered to ask. And that's why the narrative is so skewed. I wonder how the story would have played out if someone had asked her why. I know it was part of God's greater plan to make room for Esther so the lives and the history of a nation could be saved and changed for the better. But I'm still just curious how it would have played out if someone had just asked why. What would they have found? Anyway, this brings me to the lessons we can learn an encouragement we can take from Queen Vashti's story. There's five points in all. The first one. They can remove you from the position, but they can't take away your identity. Vashti was a queen, and to this day, we refer to her as Queen Vashti. So removing her from her position didn't change the legacy of her name and its weight. Your legacy is long-lasting. What will be said about you? What will be said about you? Have you stayed true to your identity in Christ? Because an identity founded in Him who is eternal will outlive you. And that's what we want. Number two. There is nothing wrong with boundaries. Boundaries are there to protect you So that you don't operate from a depleted and disgruntled place of coercion where you feel forced to do things. Boundaries allow you to preserve so you can pour out a quality outpour to those around you. So at the end of the day, you're all better because of them. Number three, you are a woman of influence and your decisions have a ripple effect let's look at verse 17 and 18 and the reason why she was banished right these men gathered around and said mm, when the women hear that this is what she did the queen did this to the king it's going to cause problems in our households men in their homes husbands in their homes will no longer be respected Women will going to be full of anger and contempt and disrespect and they just say this one action will cause chaos in our nation so let's get rid of her Let's send a message that this behavior will not be tolerated. Let's read. Verse 17. For the queen's conduct will become known to all women, causing them to look on their husbands with contempt, disrespect, since they will say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she did not come. This very day, the ladies of Persia and Media, who have heard of the queen's refusal, will speak in the same way to all the king's officials, and there will be plenty of contempt and anger. And so they then say, or agree, or this man proposes, so let's, let's send a message, right? And this message is so that, in verse 20, he says, So when the king's great decree is proclaimed throughout his extensive kingdom, All women will give honor to their husbands, from the great to the insignificant. So I say again you are a woman of influence, and your decisions have a ripple effect. With your decisions, you have the power to change your family's lives. With your decisions, you have the power to change your own life and the direction thereof. With your decisions, you have the power to influence the people around you at work, at home. You have influence. And how you use it, the message that you send, using it, will and does have a ripple effect. So be mindful of your decisions. Be mindful of the decisions you make as you walk in the different chapters and seasons of purpose. Number four. Be wise in your choice of relationships. King Xerxes' response shows how imbalanced and consequently unhealthy the relationship was. The fact that he himself, as her husband, the one who should be her covering and lead, didn't bother to dig deeper to find out why his wife said no, is concerning. If no one else, he had the responsibility to find out, and he didn't. He was bruised in his ego, and he responded from that place. Relationships that are healthy shouldn't revolve revolve around one person in that relationship. And I say that to say, you deserve to be in relationships that are mutually nourishing, emotionally and spiritually. Relationships with a mutual pouring in. Remember that and take inventory of your relationships. God allowed it. We see in the story that God allowed Queen Vashti to be removed to make room for Queen Esther so that her people may be saved. Sometimes God allows things to happen and it feels painful and it feels unfair, but remember Genesis 50 verse 20. I'm reading the Amplified Version. It says, As for you, you meant evil against me but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. It probably felt painful and humiliating going through what Queen Vashti went through, but at the end of the day, it was for her good and the good of a whole nation and indeed many lives were saved. So it's not happening to you because God has forsaken you or doesn't love and care about you, he allowed it for a reason. And sometimes it might take a while to see the why it had to happen, but you will see it eventually. So I want to encourage you today that it wasn't and has never been your fault that they responded with rejection in the place of acceptance and understanding towards you your needs, and your limits. There is nothing wrong with you, sis. It was all God's plan. So what looks and feels like is happening to you is happening for you and others, those assigned to your destiny's path. So remember that in purpose, you will need to have boundaries to run the long run. And you will have to make uncomfortable and maybe even painful decisions. But it's all part of the process. Until next time.